People talk about time as though it's money. You can't spend time. You can only give it away. Anyway, for you that have not seen me before, just very briefly, let me just tell you my story. I grew up in Idaho, farm country, southwest corner of Idaho. In fact, my father still lives on the old homestead where I grew up. Uh, he'll be 89 his next birthday, still hasn't retired. I'm proud of my dad. He's never been ill. He's really something. I'm trying to get him to retire this year, 88. I'm telling my father, what a good year to retire when you're 88. And he says, hey, talk to me in 10 years, right? I might be ready. But anyway, I went to high school. I graduated. I went to college one year. Halfway through my second year of college, I decided I was smart enough, so I quit. One of my major mistakes, I should have stayed in school. Uh, but I thought, heck, you know, I'm smart enough to get a job. That's what life's all about, right? Get a job, pay your bills, work hard, stay out of trouble, keep your fingers crossed, hope for the best. And I figured I was at least prepared to do that. So I quit college and uh, went to work. A little while later, got married, got my little family going. And I'm out there doing what I thought was the best I could. But about age 25, I'm starting to struggle. I've purchased a little more than I can conveniently pay for on time. And the creditors are starting to call saying, hey, you told us the check was in the mail. What's the deal? And I'm getting embarrassed by that. I'm also embarrassed, big mouth me, with all the fancy promises I made to get married. I'm way behind on those promises. And I'm getting discouraged, wondering what to do. And I thought, well, maybe I should go back to school. Right, one year of college, pretty short on an application. But, uh, you know, tough to go back to school, right? Especially when you got your family going. Time to stay is when you're there. Uh, so I discounted that. I thought, well, if I, you know, had my own business, that would be the way to go. But, you know, I'm short on money. Too much month at the end of the money. If you've ever been there, that's where I was, age 25. So I had to discount that. And I'm discouraged, wondering, where do I go from here? And then the miracle happened for me. Good fortune came my way. And who can explain good fortune? I don't know. Remarkable things that happen to you at a particular time. Sometimes it's just unexplainable how those things happen. One of my friends says, well, hey, things don't just happen. Things happen just. Another good note for your notes. Things don't just happen. Things happen just and maybe that's it I don't know I'm an amateur on life I guess like most of us are trying to figure it out how to make it valuable but I was ready and my good fortune was at age 25 I met a very wealthy man his name was Mr. Schof Mr. Earl Schof a friend of mine had gone to work for him and he started telling me about this man he said you got to meet this man I've gone to work for he's wealthy but he's easy to talk to uh, and he's got a unique philosophy of life and the more he kept talking about this man I thought well I've got to meet this man so sure enough shortly after that I had a chance to meet this remarkable wealthy man and I was impressed he was wealthy sure enough he was easy to talk to I was so intrigued within a few minutes I said to myself if I could be like him farm boy from Idaho if I could be like him I'd give anything and then I thought if I could just get around somebody like him and if he would teach me what to do, I would be willing to learn. I'm, I'm coachable. 
And that was my good fortune. A few months later, this wealthy man that I met, Mr. Schoff, took a liking to me, hired me, gave me a job, I went to work for him, and I spent the next five years in his employ. And then unfortunately he died at the end of that period, at age 49. His last five years, but the first five years of my new life, I got to spend with this remarkable man, and my dream came true. He coached me, he taught me. He taught me the books to read. He taught me the disciplines. He taught me the changes to make in my language and personality. And the things he shared with me during that five years literally changed my life, turned my life around, changed my income, changed my bank account, changed my future, changed everything. I've never been the same since that unique experience. And uh, I wish he was still alive today, Mr. Schoff. I'm sure if he was alive today, especially after this seminar, Idaho farm boy makes it to Dallas, Fort Worth, full house, standing room only. Oh, pretty awesome, I'm sure. If he was alive, I'd be calling him today saying, you won't believe what's happening to me. I've had a chance now to share with other people what you shared with me. But anyway, how I got here. Uh, 30 plus years ago, I was living in Beverly Hills, California. And one day a friend of mine, businessman friend, said, Jim, uh, would you, I'd like to have you come and share your story with my service club that I belong to, the Rotary Club. He said, I know your story, Idaho farm boy makes it to Beverly Hills. But he said, I think my club members would love to hear your story. He said, if I arranged one of our breakfast meetings, would you come tell your story? Just share a few thoughts. I said, okay. Uh, so I agreed to go give this breakfast talk. And guess what? They liked it. And my telephone rang. I got another call, got another call saying, we heard uh, you've given your story and shared some ideas. Would you come talk to our club, talk to our club? First thing I know, I'm starting to devote a piece of my business time to giving these talks. And then one day, a businessman who'd heard my talk, I think two or three times, approached me and said, would you come and share that story and some thoughts with my management and salespeople? So I got this little company going. And he said, if you'd come tell your story to my organization, he said, I'd be happy to pay you. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be something? So I agreed to go do it, and I got paid. Little did I know, another fortune was waiting for me to translate my ideas into talks and speeches and seminars. Now I've written some books. It's on cassette tape. Now I get to travel around the world. Last year I was in Japan, and Israel, Spain, uh, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, France. Germany, Canada, and now Dallas forward. So. <laughs> Idaho farm boy gets to travel around the world and share his story, and here I am today. Anyway, it's almost too much for me to comprehend from where I started, raised in obscurity, uh, in a little small farm community, and now to be here today is pretty awesome for me. So anyway, that's just a little bit about my story. My story is probably more intriguing for me than it is for you, but I wanted to hear it again, so I thought I would just, you know, <laughs> bore you with it. Anyway, I don't ask you to be impressed today. I'm the one that's impressed from where I came from to have a chance. But that's the American dream, right? Come true. Chance to start from scratch, start from obscurity, start with pennies, start with nothing, and have a chance to transform your life, change your life, set your goals, and see what you can accomplish. So anyway, that's how I got here. And I'm just delighted that this day has arrived, and I truly want to make it valuable for you. Let's go to work.
Here's what I hope you'll find out of this seminar today for your notes. Here's what I hope you'll find. Number one, sincerity. Above all else today, I hope you'll find me sincere. Best place for people to start to communicate is sincerity on both sides. I'm sure you're sincere or you wouldn't be here today, right? To spend this kind of money, to spend this kind of time, roll up your sleeves today, go to work like I am and get this message. Uh, you've got to be sincere. So I assume you're sincere. Now I want you to see me sincere. But I've got a good note for you to make. Sincerity is not a test of truth. Important note to make. Sincerity is not a test of truth. We must not make the mistake of saying he must be right. He's so sincere. That would be a mistake. And here's why. It's possible to be sincerely wrong. So we don't mistake sincerity for truth, right? Sincerity is only a test of sincerity. Truth has to yet be tested by truth, okay? But hopefully you will find me sincere and truthful. Next, a combination of things I hope you'll find here today. Ideas plus inspiration. Ideas plus inspiration. Ideas, business ideas and social ideas and personal ideas, we all need ideas. Right? How to have a good day, ideas. How to have a good year, ideas. How to have your best year ever, ideas. Good health, ideas. Personal relationship, ideas. How to deal with your family, ideas. Sales management, ideas. Financial freedom for the future, ideas. We all need good ideas. So today, I hope you gather up by notes and by what you can remember, a lot of ideas. I want to share as many with you as I possibly can in the time constraints we have. Today's going to go very rapidly. I used to think a day like this was a long day. Found out it's a pretty short day. But I'm going to go as fast as I can, share with you as many ideas as I possibly can. And here's why. Ideas can be life-changing. Ideas can be life-changing. And sometimes all you need is just one more in a series of good ideas. It's like dialing the numbers into the lock. Right? You got five or six numbers dialed into the lock. The lock still won't come open, but you don't need five or six more numbers. Maybe you just need one more, and maybe a seminar like this could do it. A sermon could do it. The lyrics from a song could do it. The dialogue from a movie could do it. Conversation with a friend might do it. That one last piece you need, number. Dial it into the lock, that's it. The lock comes open, there's the door for you to walk through. And maybe this seminar today could furnish that for you. One more idea. I know you've come with a lot already. Sometimes we get the impression, I used to have that, that I only had this much going for me and I needed this much. Usually not true. And I'm sure not true of this audience where I find you today, as well-dressed as you look today. You know, as fine as you are sitting here today, it isn't that, you know, you've got this much going for you and you need this much. I would assume you've got this much going for you and maybe all you need is just a few more thoughts, ideas, uh, to furnish you some ways and means to turn your life into the dream you want it to be. So, ideas. The seminar is going to be loaded with ideas. I want you to take good notes. But here's what else I hope you'll find here today, and that is inspiration. And who knows the mystery of inspiration, why some people are inspired and some are not. You were inspired to get here, some were not. Who knows the mystery of that? I don't know. How come you made it? The rest of them didn't make it. We don't know what that mystery is. Some people turned it down. Some people said it cost too much. 
Some people say it's going to take too much time. Some people are too busy, right? A lot of different excuses why some are inspired to take advantage of something that comes to town. Others pass it up. We don't know the mystery to that. Here's what I call it, mysteries of the mind. And I just leave it at that. Some things I don't try to figure out. I take the simple approach now, right? Some people do and some people don't. I mean, that's about as profound as my philosophy is. Some buy and some don't buy. Some go for it and some don't. Some change and some don't. And if you've been around for a while, you can usually work out the numbers, right? Out of 10, you know, three do, seven don't. Whatever business you're involved in, pretty soon you got this ratio going. The ones that do, the ones that don't. You say, well, why don't the ones that don't, how come they don't? We don't know. I just leave it as a mystery. I used to try to understand all that. I just take the simple approach now. The guy says, this happens to me, this happens to me, this goes wrong for me, and all this stuff goes wrong for me. How come all this stuff happens to me? I say, I don't know, it beats me. <laughs> you know, the best I've been able to figure out is those kind of things always happen to people like you. I mean, right? <laughs> That's the best I got, I don't know. I'm an amateur on this stuff, what do I know? So just take the simple approach, right? That's how it is. Who knows? Interesting story says the day the Christian church was started. Now I'm an amateur on the Bible, but best account I can remember, the day the Christian church was started, a magnificent sermon was preached. Great presentation. And if you're a student of all at all of good communication, it was one of the classic presentations of all times, the sermon, the first day the Christian church was started. And it said this sermon, this presentation was given to a multitude, meaning a lot of people. But it was interesting as the account gives us the record, it says when the sermon was finished, there was a variety of reaction to the same sermon. Isn't that fascinating? I find it fascinating. It said some that heard this presentation were perplexed. And I read the presentation, sounded pretty straightforward to me. He said, why would somebody be perplexed with a good, sincere, straightforward presentation? Best answer I've got, they are the perplexed. I mean, you know, what other explanation is there? It doesn't matter who's preaching. It said some that heard this presentation mocked and laughed, made fun of the presentation. I thought, hey, this looks pretty sincere to me. If you give a sincere, honest presentation, why would somebody mock and laugh? Easy explanation. They are the mockers and the laughers. What else would you expect them to do? Right. I used to try to straighten all that out. Say, well, they shouldn't do that. I don't do that anymore. I've got peace of mind now. I can sleep like a baby, not try to straighten all this stuff out. I used to be so naive. I used to say, well, liars shouldn't lie. See, how naive can you be? Of course, they're supposed to lie. That's why we call them liars. They lie, they lie. <laughs> Well, I don't straighten this stuff out anymore. Anyway, it said some that heard this magnificent presentation didn't know what was going on. And they're usually easy to spot. They're usually saying, what's going on, right? I mean, they don't know what's going on. But interesting, right? A variety of reaction to the same sincere, honest presentation. Now, it also says in wrapping it up, some that heard the presentation believed. And I think that's who the speaker was looking for, the believers interesting now it said the number of believers was about 3,000 so a pretty good first day 3,000 I've had some first days but I never had 3,000 but anyway 3,000 were believers and that's the speaker was looking for the believers out of this multitude 
And that's about as close as we can come to understanding the mystery. Some believe and some mock and some laugh and some are perplexed and some don't know what's going on. And you just have to leave it that way. Why? Because that's the way it's going to be. The way to be brilliant is to find out how it's going to be and then say, here's how it should be. I mean, that's how you become brilliant. So anyway, who knows the mystery? I call it mysteries of the mind. We don't understand, but I don't try to change it anymore. On this particular story, as far as we know, they didn't have classes after the presentation to try to deperplex the perplexed. I mean, as far as we know, they left them perplexed. They left the mockers mocking. They let the laughers laugh. I mean, they didn't come back and try to straighten all this out. You say, well, how can you build a church? Well, make another presentation. And you'll get some believers and some mockers and some laughers and some who don't know what's going on. So that's about the best we can do. So, but I'm glad I've got the believers here today. You believed enough to shell out your cash and part with your time and some of your effort and energy. And I appreciate that. So hopefully you'll find some inspiration here today. All right. To get the most out of today, a couple more notes. Number one, be thankful. That's a good way to capture the most of a day like this. Be thankful for what you already have. That shouldn't be any problem in America, being thankful. Everything we need is available in America. Everybody wants to come here, right? The last time I was here, that little presentation I gave, everybody wants to come here, America. People haven't plotted and schemed the last 40 years, saying if I could just get to Poland, everything would be okay. <laughs> no, everybody wants to come to America. Why? Everything's available here. All the books you need, all the sermons you need, all the churches you need, all the schools you need, all the instruction you need, all the inspiration you need, all the capital you need, all the markets you need, all the challenge you need, all the information you need, all the seminars you need. Everything's available here. This is America. So number one, let's be thankful for what we already have. Thanksgiving does this, opens up the doors, opens up the windows, opens up the channels. Thanksgiving for what you already have. I did a seminar one weekend up at the ranch, up at Clear Lake. Got a lodge up there. Nice setting, high valley, high serenity ranch. For the weekend, Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday. People drove in from around California. I got there late Friday afternoon. Everybody had pretty well already gotten there. I couldn't believe the parking lot. Continentals and Eldorados and Mercedes and Cadillacs and unbelievable. Ferrari, one Rolls Royce, unbelievable. I walked in, good looking crowd about like this, sitting there ready for the weekend seminar. My opening remarks were, ladies and gentlemen, I think the rest of the world would find it strange that we have all come here this weekend to try to figure out how to do better. <laughs> I think the rest of the world would say, I don't understand. Guy in these Rolls Royce and I got to get to the seminar, find out how to get another one of these Rolls Royces. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, let's be thankful. Here's what locks up the doors and the channels to receive more cynicism. That locks you away. That prevents you from learning more, being a cynic about the past and the future. A cynic about the marketplace, cynical about the people, cynical about the institutions, cynical about the setup, cynical about yourself, cynical about your chances. See, that locks away all the chance for stuff to flow your way. So, good advice, I think, today. Start off, be thankful. Here's number two, listen well. And that's going to be a challenge today, I understand that. 
seems like most of you know our life is still going on outside these four walls right most of our life seems like it's all you know continuing out there family and business and associates and market and economy and whatever else is happening in the midst of your life and to sort of you know pull your attention from what's going on out there and put it in here for just a few hours I know is a challenge but do the best you can listen well and here's the last one take good notes be a good student today take some good notes I've not come to entertain you as you can tell by my opening joke right I would not make it in Las Vegas so we don't have a dog and pony show today no entertainment but I do have some ideas take some good notes somebody showed me the other day notes that they took about 21 years ago attending one of my seminars out in Los Angeles he said I still use these notes I took 21 years ago to help me in my business relationship with my family so I'd like to have these notes that you take today become that valuable for you then it would be worth me making the investment to come and spend a portion of my life my time my energy here and I want this investment I'm making here today to pay off and one of the ways it can pay off for me is for you to take good notes and then go away and use whatever makes sense because what I feast on coming back around is the stories out of this audience today sure enough Six weeks from now, six months from now, six years from now, somebody's going to, by phone, by letter, by personal contact, walk up to me and say, the things you shared that day got me thinking. And I started making some changes. And let me tell you what's happened to my business. Let me tell you what's happened to my sales career. Let me tell you what's happened to my relationship with my family. See, that'll make it worth it for me. Not the money, the return. Something you can't buy with money. If somebody says, thank you for touching my life and taking the time to make the investment. And that's what I'm all about. So if you'll become a good student today, and here's the last note, don't be a follower, be a student. You'll be happy to know today we haven't come seeking disciples. We've got no movement for you to join. I'm just here to share some of my experiences, good ideas best I can. But I think that's good advice. Don't be a follower, be a student, right? Take advice, but not orders. Take information, but don't let somebody, you know, order your life. Make sure what you do is the product of your own conclusion. Excellent note to make. Make sure what you do is the product of your own conclusion. Not to do what someone else says. Take what someone else says. Process it. Think about it. Ponder it. If it makes you wonder, if it makes you think, then it's valuable. Then when you go take action, make sure that the action is not what somebody told you to do. Make sure the action is the product of your own conclusion. If you'll follow just a little bit of those simple guidelines, I'm telling you the learning process can be speedy, swift, powerful. Your learning curve can go up and then applying it to your business, your life, your family, conversations, equities of all kinds. You'll find some progress like I did that first five years when I met a teacher willing to share with me turn my life around progress I couldn't believe happened for me okay let's get started I want to review I was here last time and we talked about the five major pieces to the life puzzle and I just want to review those because it lays such a good foundation for all the rest that I want to share with you today we got a lot of subjects to cover so we're gonna go rather swiftly okay put on your mental track shoes here and run with me today because I'm going to deal mostly in concepts expect you to you know fill in a lot of the details
because I've got a lot to share. I want to get through it all. But let's lay this foundation again of the five major pieces. Happens to be the title of my latest book. But I think it is so valuable in laying a foundation. It's some of the things I learned between ages 25 and 30. The teacher who taught me taught me so well. He dealt in these fundamentals, we call these fundamentals. We call these basics. Basics for sports, fundamentals for sports, fundamentals for your business, fundamentals for the way you deal with your family, a few simple things, a few basic things that if you practice every day can make all the difference in the world, how it works out. I've boiled it down to five major pieces to the life puzzle. Let's just review those. Number one is philosophy. Philosophy, as I taught the last time I was here, philosophy, in my personal opinion, is the major determining factor in how your life works out. Philosophy, the major determining factor in how your life works out. Philosophy, to form our philosophy, you gotta think, you gotta use your mind, you gotta process ideas. And this whole process over a lifetime, starting way back here when we were children, schools that we've attended, our parents, our experiences, all this stuff that we've processed by the thinking process helps to develop our philosophy and in my opinion each person's personal philosophy is the major factor in how your life works out here's what I called it in that last presentation when I was here it's called the set of the sale each person's personal philosophy is like the set of the sale now I used to think it was circumstances that ordered my life if someone would have asked me at age 25 mr. Owen, how come you're not doing well pennies in your pocket creditors calling nothing in the bank, behind on your promises to your family, you live in America, 25 years old, got a beautiful family, every reason to do well, and things are not going that well for you, what is wrong here? It would not have occurred to me to blame my philosophy. I mean, it would not have occurred to me. Saying, well, I got this lousy philosophy, and that's how come I got pennies in my pocket and nothing in the bank, and things aren't working well. That would not have occurred to me. I found it much easier to blame the government, much easier to blame the tax problem. I used to say taxes are too high. Top tax rate when I first started paying taxes, 91%. Back then, when your income reached a certain level, all your income over that, 91%. So I used to say that's too high. Now the tax, top tax rate's about 33%, but people are still saying what? Taxes are too, see, but you can't use that anymore. If it's gone from 91 to 33, how could it be too high? Come on. I threw all that old excuse stuff away. Some people found it, though, and they're using it these days. My old list. I used to blame the traffic, the weather. I used to blame circumstances, right? People say, I'm too, too tall, I'm too short, I'm too old. I was raised in obscurity, raised on a farm, parents of modest means, all the stuff. If you were to ask me, how come you find yourself here, Mr. Rohn, age 25, living in America, land of abundance and opportunity, pennies, zero in the bank, not doing well, creditors calling, it would not have occurred to me to blame my philosophy. I found it easier to blame the company, company policy. I used to say, if this is all they pay, how do they expect you to do well? So I figured that, you know, my future was going to be tied to what everybody else was arranging, the economy and, right, interest rates. I used to say things cost too 
much. That was my whole explanation, not my philosophy, until my teacher taught me better that this is where the problem was, my own personal philosophy. Here's what's exciting about each person's personal philosophy. That's what makes us different than dogs and animals and birds and cats and spiders and alligators. That's what makes us different than all other life forms. The ability to think, the ability to use your mind, the ability to process ideas and not just operate by instinct. In the winter, I'm telling you, the goose can only fly south. What if south doesn't look too good? Tough luck. It can only fly south. But see, human beings are not like a goose, can only fly south. I mean, you can turn around, go north, you can go east, you can go west, you can order. The entire process of your own life. And we do that by the way we think. We do that by exercising our mind. We do that by processing ideas and come up with a better philosophy, a better strategy for our life, goals for the future, okay? Plans to achieve those goals. All this comes from developing our philosophy. Philosophy helps us to process what's available. Well, when we get here, we got seed and we got soil and we got some rain and we've got some what? Sunshine and we've got some seasons and what? The miracle of life. Now, the key is, what do you do with all this stuff? How do you turn all this stuff that's available here into equity and promise and lifestyle and dreams and future possibilities? All of this that's possible now with human beings, how do you take all this stuff and turn it into this equities and values? Well, it starts with philosophy. What is the seed? What is the soil? What is the sunshine? What is the rain? Is it possible to take some of each of all the stuff that's available and turn it into food and turn it into value and turn it into nourishment, and turn it into something spectacular and unique that no other life form can do? And the answer is yes. But you cannot deal with all this stuff and what to do with it unless you start refining your philosophy. Think, use your mind, come up with ideas and strengthen your philosophy. So the seed and the soil and the rain and the sunshine, this is called, you know, the economy and the banks and the money and the schools and uh, everything that's available out there, processing information, what to do with all that and turn it into equity and value. That is the major challenge of life, my personal opinion. So each person's personal philosophy now is going to determine what you're going to do with seed and soil and sunshine and rain and miracle, the change of seasons. That's it. My personal opinion. Each person's personal philosophy is like the set of the sail. That's what this seminar is for today. Help you to trim a better sail. You don't need a better economy. You don't need better seed and soil. In fact, when it comes to seed and soil and rain and sunshine and seasons and the miracle of life, that's all you got. Now, what if you blame this stuff? Then you're blaming all you got. If you blame the economy and you blame the schools and you blame the teachers and you blame the sermons and the preachers and, and you blame, uh, you know, the marketplace and you blame the company and company policy, what else is there? When some people get through with their blame list, there isn't nothing else. That's all there is. And if you blame the only thing you've got to work with, I'm telling you, it's called mistake colossal in not understanding 
that that's all you've got to work with. And if this is all you've got to work with, then you don't change the seed and you don't change the soil and you don't change the rain and you don't change the sunshine. You don't change the seasons, right? Guy says, I'll take three springs, four summers, nine falls, no winters. No, you can't fool with this stuff. You got to take it like it comes. Then what do you change to make your life work well? You got to start with your philosophy. Guess what I had to do at age 25 in order to change my own future? I had to change my mind. I had to change my thinking. I had to change my philosophy. I was messed up on what was causing my problem. And once I got that straightened out, that all the stuff I blamed, the government and taxes and the marketplace and the economy and things cost too much, negative relatives, cynical neighbors. Once I got rid of that and started going for where the real problem was, which was me, I'm telling you, my life exploded into change. My bank account changed immediately. My income changed immediately. My whole life took on a whole new look and color immediately. And the early results I got from making these philosophical changes tasted so good, I've never stopped the process from that day until this. And I'm telling you, with a little consideration of the refinement of your sale, by setting a better sale, refining your philosophy, your whole life can start to change from today on. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next month. You don't have to wait till spring. You don't have to wait till 93. You can start this whole process immediately. I recommend it. Now, some people do so little thinking, they don't even have their sale up. I mean, you can imagine where they're going to wind up at the end of this week, at the end of this month, at the end of this year. Now's the chance to change, process all this information. So number one is philosophy. Okay. And we dealt with all that, where we get ideas from personal experience, from other people's experiences. I don't want to get into all those details because we covered that the last time I was here. But philosophy, that's number one, my personal opinion. Each person's personal philosophy. Here's the definition of success and failure. Just make this note. Here's failure. A few errors in judgment. Repeated every day. And this wraps up today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you felt moved by today's episode, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe for future episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.